Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm so happy to be with you on this second Sunday of Advent. Just a quick invitation. Tonight at four o'clock, we will be having a service called Celebration of Comfort and Joy at St. Paul's at 220 Valley Street uh, to remember those who we love who are now in the eternal embrace of God's love. It's always a beautiful service to do at this time in Christmas. I, I love it. It It's a chance to just take a special moment to really remember the people we love and we no longer see on this earth. And we include some storytelling and some beautiful music and some prayers and also a chance to light candles and name the names of the people that you love and just create a beautiful time of light and love and remembrance. And then in the end of the service, you get to bring home your candles that you lit in honor of the people that you love and maybe use them uh, during your holiday celebrations as a special way of remembering them and the act that you took to remember them this Sunday. So please do come and be with us. It's a beautiful service of comfort and joy, and we would love to have you there. Let's start with a prayer this morning. Holy, holy, holy God, we praise you and we thank you for your eternal love, for the story of love that you have given us from the very beginning of creation to this very moment, the story of how your love is with us and how your love leads us. Please help us this morning to hear your words and to trust ever more deeply in your story of love in our hearts. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning comes from Mark's gospel, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8, and I'll be reading it in the Kingdom New Testament by N.T. Wright. This is where the good news starts, the good news of Jesus, the Messiah, God's Son. Isaiah, the prophet, put it like this, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of me. He will clear the way for you. A shout goes up in the desert. Make way for the Lord. Clear a straight path for him. John the baptizer appeared in the desert. He was announcing a baptism of repentance to forgive sins. The whole of Judea and everyone who lived in Jerusalem went out to him. They confessed their sins and were baptized by him in the River Jordan. John wore camel hair clothes with a leather belt around his waist. He used to eat locust and wild honey. Someone a lot stronger than me is coming close behind, John used to tell them. I don't deserve to squat down and undo his sandals. I've plunged you in the water. He's going to plunge you in the Holy Spirit. Gospel of the Lord. Amen. This week, our theme in our daily devotional, Practicing Wonder with All Your Heart, Soul, Strength, and Mind, is about the wonder of love and stories. It's perfect that our gospel reading is the beginning of Mark's story of Jesus. So what I want to do is start with a few thoughts about the idea of storytelling. There's an ancient Hopi proverb that says, those who tell the stories rule the world. 
And there's another indigenous people's proverb whose origin I don't know that proclaims, tell me the facts and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. Tell me a story and it will live in heart forever. These are powerful observations. And I had one more I wanted to share with you from Michael Margolis. And this is what he has to say about the power of story. The stories we tell literally make the world. If you want to change the world, you need to change your story. This truth applies both to individuals and institutions. Does it surprise you to hear me say to you that the greatest storyteller you know is yourself? Throughout our lives, we gather stories from various sources and we shape them into stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and how we live and what the world looks like to us and the way we want to choose to live in it. And as Christ followers, we choose to listen to the ancient stories about the power of Jesus Christ's presence in our world that have been told by men and women, holy soul seekers, for thousands of years. Their stories help shape us and the way we see the world and the way we live in it and the way we move and have our being. These stories rooted deeper and deeper into our heart help us to see the stories of our lives and of the world in ways that are very different than we would see them if we didn't have the story of Jesus and those who have told it over the years and lived by it and shared their living story lives with us. So with that in mind, thinking about this power, let's go and listen a little bit closer to Mark's story in the beginning about Jesus and John. I pray that what we will hear today will live in our hearts and continue to grow until our journey ends in the loving embrace of our Creator. So let's see what our hearts can hear about the gift of John the Baptist and the gift of Jesus. So Mark tells us that they're both gift givers. John comes wearing camel hair and a leather belt, eating locust and honey and bringing gifts of awareness, desire, and forgiveness. And Jesus, who in this is the part of the story, is not named, but described by John as someone a lot stronger, will bring even more powerful gifts of love and eternal, never-failing kinship. They are both bringing gifts that make straight the pathway of divine love. Did you know that in the beginning, those who chose to believe in Jesus' story of love were not called Christians, but they were called followers of the way. To listen to the story of Jesus and to let it settle in our hearts is to open up to the way of love. John and Jesus both hold forth at least two major keys to the story of knowing all about love, how we're loved, and how we're called to love. You know, John the Baptist has an incredibly intense power, if you think about it. It's a raw kind of power. Think about this idea of how this all 
unfolds in this story. He's dressed in wild garb and he's eating off the land. He's eating locusts, the bugs that God sent to decimate Egypt when the Israelites were being set free from bondage. And he's eating honey, the rich and sweet food that flows with milk in the promised land. These promises by the prophets before. He's so powerful, even in the strange garb and his strange meals, that people are flocking to him to confess their distance from God to be forgiven and baptized into new life in the Jordan River. For John to describe the one who was close behind him as stronger than him is really seriously hard to imagine. I mean, just as a sidebar, uh, much what, what's thought about in the way John the Baptist is described in all four Gospels is that they actually had to work hard. They worked hard to make sure that we understood clearly that that Jesus was 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 the one coming because John was so powerful. Everyone, including King Herod, thought John was the one who was coming. So you so just to understand that when it's proclaimed in the Gospel that that John says there's someone coming even more powerful than him, he is earth-shakingly powerful at the time himself. So his gifts are extremely important. John's strong presence gives us a way to make our paths straight for love. He calls out of the wilderness of our hearts saying, see and own where you have turned away from the love of God. Admit your desire to know that love and turn and take the plunge into a new life open and ready to go. That's the story we hear John whispering in our hearts. And Jesus, an even stronger presence, brings us the assurance that we are loved no matter what, that the power of God's holy love is always with us. John comes telling us about our broken powerlessness and showing us that we need to make straight the pathway of love in our hearts. And Jesus comes bringing that pure love so that we may know we are always safe in the powerful presence of divine love to admit our loveless ways, as John points out, and to receive forgiveness and wisdom and to continue to transform until we arrive in the promised land of eternal love and life. Can we hear this story today? That's the thing. Are we listening? Somehow, all those people flocking to John for repentance were turning back toward their God of love. They had the desire to turn in a new direction. That need to repent seems to be a normal pattern in my life every day, to tell you the truth. I don't think it's enough to just repent and receive forgiveness once and done. Every day, there are little tiny loveless things we think and do to ourselves, to each other, and all of creation. We need to recognize our powerlessness to stay on the pathway of love is impossible by our own will. And that's where Jesus' gift of the Holy Spirit, that gorgeous eternal vibration of love that whispers the story in our hearts that we are loved, we've always been loved, that in fact, in our purest essence, we our love gives us desire and the power to turn 
trusting and transforming all the days of our lives. So it is in both those gifts and the gift of recognizing humbly how we need to continually turn towards God's love and to receive that call in the wilderness, open the pathways of our hearts. And it is in that gift from Jesus of that beautiful, powerful, forgiving love that brings us into eternal kinship with holy love that gives us the power to keep turning and seeking to be more filled with love, more love in the world. That is the gift of story of John and Jesus. The question is, do we believe it? How do we feel about it? I ask you this morning, where is God's story in your life? Amen. There's torn up pages in this book Words that tell me I'm no good Chapters that define me for so long But the hands of grace and endless love Dusted off and picked me up Told my heart that hope is never gone God is in this story And you 